the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of the Carolinas GCSA or the show sponsors. You're listening to Pullin' Weeds Off Course, another installment of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association official podcast with a focus on off-course industry folks and their relationships with superintendents and the Carolinas GCSA. Here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Hey, and welcome into Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. My name's Alan Knight, normally joined by Tim Krieger, but today it's just me. Tim is out west on a little vacation before conference comes to you. And speaking of conference comes to you, today is October 15th, and tomorrow is the first early bird drawing. Going to happen at 9 a.m. on the Carolina's GCSA Facebook. Anyone who is registered is eligible to win a cash prize ranging from $100 to $1,000. So this is your chance right now to sign up. If you haven't done so, all you got to do is register for one class. You register for three classes, you get three chances to get in the drawing. And they're going to have another drawing on October 30th. Same deal, early bird registrations. So if you want to have two chances at winning those $100 up to $1,000, you register today and you get in on the 16th and the 30th. Just trying to help you here. Today's guest is Chris Patton, former U.S. Amateur Champion, Clemson Tiger. Good dude. I'm happy to call him a friend of mine. Fun, Something funny. I first met Chris at the Tiger Golf Gathering, and that's a fundraiser for the Clemson University golf team, men's and women's. And they they invite all the former players back. This is something Tim helped. I don't know if Tim helped invent it, but he certainly was very instrumental in the operation. And it's one of those things where Tim and I talked about working together for one year, but it felt like four because every year we would I'd, we'd work together at this event for days. On Thursday they have a little Captain's Choice deal, not a little. I mean it's called the Tiger Tiger Open on the on one, the first day, and then. Yes, you're foursome, you know, and then they have the Tiger Golf Gathering on the next day, which is a little more expensive to get into, and you get paired with a current or former Tiger. Most of them, they always try to bring in the pros, and so that's where I got to meet Chris. No, Chris was at the Tiger Golf Gathering, so I got to know him through that tournament. And Chris is a hugger. There's no handshaking, there's no fist bumping. He hugs and. You'll get a kiss on the cheek, too, which is what I was going to say, that I didn't know it was coming. And that's the first time I felt a man's facial hair against my cheek, and that was a weird feeling. But after that, you knew it was coming. And, uh, I mean, it was just funny. You know you're going to get a hug and a kiss whenever you run into Chris Patton. In fact, I think when we did this interview, it was a handshake, and I was probably a little disappointed. Although his dog did nip at my feet. Definitely bit my shoe when I was carrying equipment in the... There's also one other little nugget. If you've listened to the other pro series, you're going to hear a name mentioned and a story kind of mentioned, and you should be able to connect the dots if you've, like I said, heard the earlier episode. So without further ado, Tim is on this interview. We did it a few weeks ago, a month ago or so, and uh, let's go on to Chris Patton. 
happy to be in Fountain Inn, South Carolina with my man, Chris Patton. Chris, how are you? Good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Chris is part of our pro series, and uh, technically you're still a professional golfer, right? Technically. You should be a professional bowler, but... No. Let's uh, let's get into your golf, bound, golf background real quick and knock that out of the way. Sure. So, where were you born and raised? Right here. Fountain Inn, South Carolina. Like and across the street right here? Right across the street. Like we can look at that, look, like looking, right there. You're looking at my home childhood. mom and dad's childhood home right there and then right here where we're living was my grandmother's home that's awesome. wow and that's pete everybody you'll hear pete from time to time yeah. today hang on man this is uh lawrence brown he's uh lawrence county stopping by yeah inspector uh, dude pretty much uh what's up mac pretty much uh any like you know when we redid the house and everything. Oh, yeah. And then when nothing ever checked. I hear you. I hear you. This yeah. reminds me of Clear Lake, South Dakota, where my dad's from, when we right. go pheasant hunting in the fall. This, I mean, same. This right. is just like this. You know everybody in town. They Absolutely. ride by. It's oh, amazing. Before you got here, every car that drove by honked horn, I felt like. Maybe one didn't, but most people did Well, I mean, when I was a kid, in all honesty, there was probably, what, but maybe eight different cars come down this road. <laughs> so you could sit on the porch here, and you would know who was coming or going because of either the sound of the motor or the sound of the tires coming down the road yeah, right this is this is yeah yeah <clears throat> it's right. nice to see that we've got kind of midwest what i know as iowa south dakota <laughs> right here in the carolinas it's cool yeah. man it's hometown you know it's small town america i love this tim and i have the beautiful view of a cow pasture at the moment hey let's go ahead and jump right in chris tell him why the cattle are numbered just for identification <laughs> you don't name them you just know well they were named. Now, you didn't realize they were numbered. we've had a couple that was uh we had a couple of cows born one my dad and stepmom they named daisy uh her mom prolapsed and died and they had we had to bottle feed her uh to raise her so they gave gave her a name and she's still on the farm really yep and uh then uh this one little calf was born about four years ago um, her name was, uh, I noticed the calf, uh, wobbling out in the pasture yeah. like it was a newborn and quickly realized that she what he wasn't getting milk the way he needed to. So we got him picked up and put in the truck and took him to a little corral area. Um, and, uh, we ended up nicknaming him Otis. Ha. from uh otis from andy the griffith. Uh, andy griffith show nice. yeah because he wobbled around like a drunk so we <laughs> bottle fed him and got him back on his mom and ended up uh so that's the only two we've ever named here gotcha well we'll get back to here in a minute P- growing up in fountain and where'd you first play golf who got you into golf uh, a couple of friends of mine uh mainly david stevens his okay. dad doug they invited me to come play at fox run uh in simpsonville uh, literally for my uh, 13th birthday present. That's cool. So that was uh, my first introduction to golf. 13. 13th birthday. Was, uh, were you a natural? I, I mean, there's no doubt you are a natural, but right then, were you a natural? Well, I mean, well, there's nobody, no such thing as a natural in golf. I mean, could I hit the ball? Yes, I hit it pretty much solid the first day. Yeah. Now, where it went was a different thing. Um, but I was pretty good in all the sports that I played. I uh, usually excelled in sports. 
well out living out here there's not much else to do hit a ball or you know <laughs> play with balls and stuff like that right. so you know uh i i was a good baseball player i felt okay. like i was a real good baseball player uh pitched and everything when i was a kid first base being a big kid um but i could hit right i mean most of my childhood playing baseball was put a helmet on and walk to first base because <laughs> a new coach come in the league and they messed up and let me hit a couple of times and realized well we're not going to find that ball so we might as well just put him on first base like everybody else is doing so i guess that's what was so interesting about golf is i got to hit all the time that's cool yeah yeah um uh, all so, the time all the time man whether i wanted you couldn't to get not, walked or not could get, that's could awesome get, could get, i've never heard that analogy no i couldn't get away from hitting you got to hit but junior golf is not back then it's not what it is now you know you probably had limited opportunities another state junior and the florence junior right but there wasn't a whole there wasn't a schedule high school golf maybe yeah no, we, we, we never were really in a position to go around playing a whole bunch anyway yeah uh, i didn't play a whole lot of junior tournaments and stuff uh I do remember the first uh, time I even tried to qualify for a junior tournament. I'd been playing about seven, six or seven months, had never broke 80, uh, went to Cobb's Glen in Anderson, yep. and uh, I think I bogeyed the last hole to shoot 74. Wow. Uh, so I was like pretty pumped, pretty pumped, got to go play in a tournament down in Newberry, right there off of uh, I-26 yep. uh, in, in Prosperity. Uh, Mid Carolina. Mid Carolina, yeah. Oh, uh, and to show you how far I was behind at the time, um, Charlie Reimer won that tournament shooting 70 70, four under par. Okay. I shot a 78 and, in, or excuse me, 83 the first round and ended up in the consolation flight or <laughs> basically the flunky flight. Right. Um, and then shot 78 the next day and ended up winning that flight. Oh, good for you. So, I, you know, that's one thing that I can remember about playing junior golf. Um, but, you know, it was like uh, back then Charlie was – he was strong. Reimer. He, Reimer. Yeah. Reimer oh, yeah. was won everything in junior golf. Correct. Uh, but he was so far ahead of me – you know, in in his quality of play, I mean, I just started playing golf, and he's already shooting sub sub par golf in yeah. tournaments. You know, was he? Do you as a kid was he cool and cocky or funny like he is now? Charlie's always been a character. Yeah, good dude, big heart. You know, uh, he's right. got the biggest head of anybody I've ever seen in my life. But in all honesty, his heart's the same same size, man. That's he's cool. just That's he's awesome. a good guy. How did you? How did a young man from Fountain End end up at Clemson? Well, my dad went to Clemson. Um, we've always been Clemson fans. Um, pretty much, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't do a lot of junior golf and stuff, so I wasn't really known too much outside of the state. Uh, Larry came and watched me play. Um, in the freezing cold down, I think, at Lakeview, Lakeside maybe in Lawrence. Yeah, Lakeside Country Lakeside. Yeah. Uh, came down there and watched me play. It was windy. It was cold. And I shot three or four under par on the nine holes we played. <laughs> um, and, uh, he, you know, he ended up uh, he ended up giving me a chance to come play at Clemson. And I guess I wrote the story from there. You were early in his career, though, right? Like I he was. was like. He hadn't been a coach long, had he? Uh, Larry had probably been the coach. I don't know exactly, but I would say he'd been the coach maybe three to three to five yeah. years uh, when I came there. Who who else was on your team? 
Uh, Kevin Johnson was okay. on my team. Uh, Jason Griffith, Oswald Drawdy, yeah, uh, Brad Clark, okay, uh, David Stover. I mean, the main the main group that group that I played with, I played with Bo Beard, uh, Oswald Drawdy, yeah, um, Danny Ellis came when I was leaving. Um, Nikki Getz came right my senior year. Wow. Um, so we had, you know, we always had a pretty competitive team. And the cool thing is, your son's now playing for Clemson. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah. He's uh, hadn't done quite as well as I expected him to. Yeah. Uh, but in all honesty, he, uh, when I've watched him play, he's just he just don't hold the pots. Uh, the precision of everything, not really everything, basically his ball striking's real good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd like to see him hit his short irons a little closer to the hole, uh, but I've never seen him hole putts. Yeah. A lot of great putts right over the edge of the hole, kind of like his daddy, you know. <laughs> uh, but but he, I've never seen him hole putts, and I don't think he's ever got the, the feeling of how easy golf can be when you do get to putting the ball. That, that's Chris Patton saying that, to my how easy golf is, because I think it did come for you pretty easy, didn't it, once you got it? I mean, I, I mean, within a year, I was a scratch golfer right. of starting to play. So um, what year did you go to Clemson? I started Clemson in the fall of 86. All right, so three years later, you won the U.S. Amateur. Three years later, the U.S. Amateur. At Marion. At Marion Golf Club. Quick side story. You had already left the Golf Association, Tim, by this time. But in the South Carolina Golf Association now, there's that wall of fame. And if you've won a USGA, you know, something big, uh, NCAA championship, and you're from South Carolina, your picture's on the wall, and you're there. Mm Mm-hmm. You're pictured like the U.S. Amateur picture. You're holding the gold trophy in the white building in the background. Well, I guess Joe Quick just assumed that was Augusta National. And he made a reference in the staff meeting one time, the time that Chris Patton won the Amateur at Augusta. And I said, oh, hold on. The Amateur's never been played at Augusta, buddy. So yeah, I wish I'd have won the one at Augusta. But let's just fast forward there. Uh, Would you, the porch be any different, or we'd still be sitting here, wouldn't we? Well, it's a little nicer porch down there. <laughs> no, I mean, if you had oh, would, yeah. would, today, would would we still be sitting on this porch if you had a green jacket? You'd just be wearing the green jacket out of here. There's a, I doubt it. I mean, our, you know, in all honesty, uh, we'd probably be in the same place, but I'd have probably built a home farther off the road, um, back here up on the hillside to overlook everything. But yeah. we'd still be here. But we more more than likely we'd that's still be the best here. part of it. Yeah, I, I, no doubt in my mind they'd be here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I gotta say this about the golf thing. I mean golf. You know, it's weird how everything kind of works out in life. Uh, you know, I played for basically fourteen years as a pro, and I left the game for a couple of years. Uh, and right after I started getting injuries and really was struggling trying to just play. Uh, kind of accepted the fact things weren't going to work out i uh, came home my mom was diagnosed uh, with stage four ovarian cancer and uh it, you know i ended up being here for her uh, she probably spent close to i don't know a lot of days man maybe close to 100 days uh, in the hospital over the three and a half years she fought it and i was probably spent the night there with her 95 times right uh, so you know it it all worked out. I mean, I I loved golf, man. Yep. Um, I wish that I'd have had a better professional career. Not that I would say it's you know sucked. <laughs> I mean, I I won a, a good many events, but I never won a PGA Tour event. Right. Uh, ne- you know, never got my card full time on the PGA Tour. So, 
you know I, I think that if I had had one um you know bottom line is the weeks that I did play well I think I would have probably have had a good chance to win on tour yeah uh, but you got to be there first and I never got there all right so let's you we talked about i'm just trying to give all the listeners background who aren't from south carolina may not know you mm-hmm. like i know you like it's been know. so long i wouldn't blame them for not knowing me <laughs> so that's what google's for folks come yeah, on man well, that google stat probably ain't too impressive neither <laughs> <laughs> did you play now i will say i looked it up on wikipedia you had you won the u.s amateur and you got in three the, the three majors that year that's right then it's had you as withdrawing from the u.s open also a few years later is that true is that just that's correct 94 uh you know everybody said i'm too fat to do everything yeah uh pretty much i'd lost a lot of weight or i'd lost like 35 pounds in 30 days was playing in a back then a nike tour event yeah in uh richmond virginia I uh, was on the seventh or eighth hole in the middle of the Pro-Am, and uh, one of the tour officials came out and said, hey, you just got in the U.S. Open. Uh, VJ Singh had to withdraw. Do you want to play? I'm like, take me in. Yeah. So pretty much went in. It was hot. You know, it was 100 degrees uh, that, that afternoon. Uh, went in, cleaned my locker, went to the hotel, cleaned it out, drove 400 miles to uh, Oakmont. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, played 11 holes it was dark when you know i finished there uh tried to get as many practice round holes in as i could washed my clothes that night didn't get in bed till i don't know man midnight yeah Uh, i had to get up at five had early tea time the next morning um i went out there man and it was hot hydrating was the last thing on my mind you know i was like excited for getting in right long drive didn't even didn't even think about it you know yeah uh played the first uh i think six holes um and i was two under par you know i was like one shot out of the lead at the time and uh sitting behind the green uh just didn't feel right i mean it was super slow yeah uh anybody's ever played in a major i don't know if it's changed i doubt it uh you, you know you're looking at six hour round probably right uh so anyway played the six went behind uh, sat on this uh log or, or like a stump a tree had been cut down behind the green didn't feel real good uh walked to the seventh tee uh teed off uh and i was walking up the hill going to uh to my tee shot and i mean i was like yeah man this is rough and uh got to my shot got up there hit my shot and i'm crawling man i mean i'm not like literally on my fours crawling but i'm just i'm got super mosey going on yeah i get up to the green hit the green four putt uh get by get go over to at and i'm just like i'm bad man and i just i hurled my guts up on the the back side of the 8t box who were you playing with i was playing with mark o'mara and somebody else i'm sorry somebody else i (laughs) I can't remember who it was glad it's not just me Uh, but i do remember mark (laughs) o'mara because uh well anyways the the story ended up i i I remember it was like 258 or something par three i hit a four iron up there like eight feet okay i won't think i three putted man and there was an ambulance right beside the 8th green, and I walked, walked straight over to the ambulance, got in the ambulance. Really? Uh, they took me to the emergency care uh, facility. I was in there about three and a half, four hours. They gave me three liters of IV. 
and I felt like a complete new guy. Man. Uh, so anyway, that was a, that's what happened in ninety in ninety four at Oakmont. But if you remember, it was smoking hot that week. That was right. I didn't get engulfed till like ninety five. Be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, or, or yeah, it was like a hundred. It's like a hundred, hundred and two up there in Pittsburgh, and you know it was so humid. It was so hot. Uh, one of the probably top five hottest places that you know we'd ever I'd ever played in. Uh, I didn't mean to fast forward that far. No. Uh, so after the Amber first major you got into was the Masters. That's right. And you ended up being the low amateur at the Masters. I did. I did. So uh, we're gonna talk about that in a second. Just yeah. Tell me about the Masters in general chris patton's experience young chris patton well you uh, this may sound stupid but i guess it goes right back to me me being fat uh <laughs> i'll never forget uh going into the lounge area players area uh for lunch on monday and uh fella in there you know back then it was pretty much all all the blacks you know, we're working in the shop like like prehistoric plantation days. Right. You know, uh, anyway, super nice guy comes in. Uh, what can I get for you, sir? You know, and I was like, well, you know, what do you have? And he, I remember distinctly, he's like, uh, we don't have no menus at Augusta National. And I was like, you know, being a smart ass, yeah. you know, uh, I pretty much was like, uh, well, I'll have some surf and turf. Uh, we don't have no turf. I have to uh, some surf. I have to send the fella across the road to get some. Wow. And I'm like, no, 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 dude. I'm just, I'm just being a <laughs> wise guy, you know. Uh, I, what do you, what's, what's good here? And he goes, well, well, I'm pretty partial to the chicken salad. I was like, well, I'll have, I'll have a chicken salad sandwich, you know. Right. Uh, so I remember that distinctly. Uh, I remember how kind Ben Crenshaw was to me. I played with him in the practice round on Monday. Okay, that was the day I shot sixty-five, and wow. golf, golf was easy that day. Right, I just did everything. Well, I mean, I, I just hit the ball so close to the hole you couldn't screw it up from there. You weren't nervous. You were just in. I mean, I was ready. I mean, I was. I you know, I was stupid. I was a young guy. I didn't know no better that I couldn't win. You know, I'm thinking I'm gonna smoke these dudes, and you know, I'm fixing to show up in this world. I love it. Uh, you know, just being like I said, being young, being stupid, not knowing any better. Right. Uh, and I have to admit, man. I mean, I was uh, even par through the cut. Maybe tied for eleventh. You'd have to go back and check the numbers. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I guess it don't really matter. Uh, and then shoot seventy, like two over or something. The following day, I'm still in the top twenty. And this is played like just played this doghouse. The front nine made maybe a triple and a quad or something like that. Shot like three or four over on the front. Ended up seventy eight the last day. Okay. Um, and ended up, ended up tied for 39th or something like that. Any other amateurs make the cut that year? Or do you have it locked up when you made I the cut? I don't I don't think so. Yeah. I think I was the only amateur that year made the cut. You still got the medal? I do. What I, I think is cool. Is it hanging on a wall somewhere? You got it in well, a drawer. I think, the, I think they, they, I had a, uh, uh, they gave a little, like, silver yeah. cup. Yeah. It's at, the, it's at Fox Run at my That's golf awesome. Course. That's awesome. And I'm on Colby's side on this, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. His son, who plays at Clemson. If Chris gets his amateur status back, 
Since he was a low hammer at Augusta, he would technically be exempted to the par three each year if he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. Is that why you won't get your status back? Oh, my, I got no interest in playing no golf. I know, but I just – Colby, that was a couple of years he ago. He wants to go caddy for him. He does. Yeah. Well, yeah. let Colby get into getting the Masters himself, and he ain't going to have to worry. That he can play in par three. He's the, one that, he's the one that can play, not daddy. So Chris hadn't listened to enough of these, but maybe it's time for me to chime in. So, well, Alan and I would like for you to do that so we could go caddy then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I always ask our guests for something, and it's usually like something for the hunt club, like a cedar when we're at like the John Deere place. You know what I mean? Or yeah, I hear you. Some kind of an implement for the tractor or a tractor itself. I hear you. So that was our ask for you, man. I hear you. Well, ask for me a tractor. I'll take about a hundred horse four wheel drive John Deere. All right, so we show up with the tractor and Hap or Biff with the application for amateur status. You bring a you bring a four wheel drive John Deere here this new. Bye. I'll be signing papers. <laughs> you heard it here uh, first. <laughs> so you mentioned Crenshaw. Yes. And I almost kind of wanted to get with Larry Penley, let him tell the story, because that's where I've heard it. And you, you're kind of smiling. You know where I'm going, right? Uh, yeah, I'm afraid I do. Uh, and unfortunately, Larry's dad just passed away. Yes. Uh, but yeah. so Terrible. Thoughts for that family. Do you mind, uh, without giving me any more into it, you tell the, do you know the Crenshaw story? I don't think I've heard it. Uh, well, I mean, I played with him that Monday. Right. Uh, went out and had dinner that night some, somewhere in town anyway. Met him and his wife. Yeah. Ju- Julie, I believe, was her name. And uh, Julie was wearing this uh, very, very pretty lady, yeah. by the way. Uh, she was wearing this low-cut blouse, whatever. And, you know, she was endowed quite well. Right. And right in the cleavage part, there's this... I don't know, man, five-carat sparkler diamond, you know, <laughs> uh-huh. hanging right there. And I'm like, you don't, you don't need nothing sparkling <laughs> right there in that area anyway. <laughs> but that's kind of... <laughs> That's kind of what... That's kind of what... That no, was. no, no. Here's what. Nah, you're going to hear some BS then. Can I tell the Larry Penley version? Let's, let's hear the Penley version. He said that Ben asked him, Mr. Crenshaw asked Larry, I mean, uh, Chris at dinner said, what's the first thing you're going to buy when you turn pro? And he said, I'm going to get my wife some of those. Oh, no, gosh, no, no, no. I've probably been known for some stupid stuff, but that ain't one of them. No, I wouldn't have done that. Uh, we'll take that up with Coach Penley yeah, at a later you, date. Yeah, you might. Well, I think there might have been a little ad lib going on there. Uh, well, what did you putt with? Because he was at an eighty-eight oh two then, right? So I mean, he'd still been blade rolling. Yeah, eh? he was rolling the blade. I think I was playing with a beryllium, a beryllium copper B sixty ping. Nice. Wow. What driver were you hitting back then? Oh God. Taylor made burner bubbles. Alan, that was thirty years ago. <laughs> well, let me ask you this: Was it metal or wooden? Yeah. <laughs> at the Masters. Yeah. I, you don't know. I can't remember. That's the amazing part. That you is. don't know if it was a wooden driver or a metal driver I that you played at Augusta I, with. I cannot remember. Sales right there in the transition and everything. But here's what everybody needs to take away from this right now. What does he remember? His putter. What makes money in golf? <laughs> putter. Your putter. Yeah, the club okay. with no grooves speaks yes. the loudest. So you played in the... Quote of the year right there. Don't run by it, Alan. No, you're right. <laughs> U.S. Open followed that. Mm-hmm. Where was that open at? Medina. Okay. Chicago. How was that? Missed a cut by a shot. Did you? Uh, British Open that year, St. Andrews. Missed a cut by a shot. How was the, over, the first time over the pond? 
first time over the pond. Who did you think who, of it? I missed everything by a shot, man. Heritage, <laughs> you pick one. Everything I played in that year, I missed by one shot. Missed the cut. Wow. Who took you to England or Scotland? Was it Delta? Okay, so it wasn't. <laughs> I think it was Delta. That is one of the best answers to an Alan question I've ever heard. <laughs> I agree. With I that. don't think we were on the Titanic. <laughs> no, but I'm saying if. If Colby qualified for the British Open, Jordan Bird might be on the bag. You know what I'm saying? Like yes, a college coach. Absolutely. Uh, so just you and the caddy? Just me. There was no caddy. I picked up a caddy. It was a local there. Ian? Uh, is that his name? <laughs> That's all they are. Man, I had I five caddies at St. Andrews. I know I was ready to stick my foot up his rear end after the first day. Well, Let I, me guess. You wanted to chip. He wanted you to putt man, on about five went, different man, occasions. he couldn't club me. I, I remember this first day. I'm already frustrated with him. First, the first shot, second round, we're like, uh, he's like, uh, I'm like, can I hit this three wood? And the, I guess they called it the burn. To me, it was a creek. Yeah. You know, I'm like, can I, hit, if I hit it, them flagpoles out there, I can't, can I get, I think I can get this three wood to the, I think I'm going to get it to the creek. Oh, no, my, no, 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 mate, no, 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 wait, there's no way. You're never going to hit it that far. It's just, uh, no, that'll, just right at them flagpoles. I'm like, dude, are you sure? Man, I swear I think I hit this thing in the creek. <laughs> no, mate, there's there's no way. Go ahead, just ride at those flagpoles. Here we go, right in the dang creek, just like I thought. Because <laughs> everything you can hit it left, right? Yeah. It's okay, just stay yeah, left. Just stay just left, stay left. Don't go and keep it on far. the golf course. Just yes. don't go too far. Well, I hit it pretty far back then. You know? <laughs> well, anyway, we go down there, and here's the ball in the creek. Burn, whatever you right. want to call it. Well, the top of the ball, I see the top of the ball. It's wiggling a little bit with the water moving around it. He's like, what are you doing, mate? I'm like, I'm fixing to go hit it out of here. He's like, mate, there's no way. Just take your drop. We'll, you know, we'll just get our paw that way. I'm like, look, bro, hand me the effing wedge. Give me my sand wedge. Sit there and just be quiet and watch this. And sure enough, I was 80, like 80 yards or something, you know. I'm like, I can blast this thing out of there 80 yards. Did you? Yeah, I hit it on the green, two-putted my par. And then I told him after that, he's like, Mike, that was just correct. That was just stupid. I'm like, let me tell you what stupid is. Stupid's what I'm going to be my foot up your ass if you don't friggin' get, if you don't. I want to, all I want to see it's heels and ass. Don't be lagging behind me the rest of the day. Just hand me the clubs. Walk in front of me. Don't be back here bothering me, man. You're driving me nuts. I need a four caddy today. Uh, just yeah. leave my seven yeah, iron just and go. leave me something and buy. That's awesome. Yeah, so anyway, that ended up being a mistake. I mean, I putted like crap. Yeah. Uh, missed the cut by a shot, which was frustrating. Uh, but in the same breath, that first... Man, it was like I missed everything by a shot. Q school missed by a shot seven times. Yep. Uh, missed all those cuts on the tour events by a shot. I'd rather miss by ten than miss by a shot. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get that. You know, yep. I mean, it's just you. Can, it's so easy to reflect and go back and find so many shots that you left. Right. And knowing how important, you know, some of those scenarios were, were or could have been. Right. You know, it's just like demoralizing. You know. You've held it. You've you've handled that well. Let's. Uh, I want to fast forward. It's going to take two parts to get this story. So you got an exemption in the last year or two years ago, senior open. Uh, would have been two years ago. Ninety eight. Okay. At ninety eight. Right. Uh, U.S. Senior <laughs> Open. Wait, uh, two years ago. 
two years ago when he two when he ago. became eligible to be a senior. Yeah, they. If you are a U.S. amateur champion, so many years later they give you an exemption to the U.S. Open. One, one time, senior thing. Open. One time thing. When you where did nineteen ninety eight come from? Well, well, that was the year the tournament was. That's I mean, when you won it. That's when I turned fifty. Okay, gotcha. Tracking. Sorry. Right, right, right. So. Yeah, 2018. Yeah. I said 98. Just yeah, you said 98. That's what throwed me off. Well, you said 98. Uh, it was it was 2018 that I played. Two years ago. I'm tracking. All right, senior so open. The, the quick about that is the, the cool thing is Colby got to go caddy for Chris. That's right. Oh, you played? Yeah, I played. Oh, no, no yeah. let's, let's rephrase that. I played at it. <laughs> you showed up. Well, I showed up. I mean, I hadn't played golf in 14 years. Seriously. He got TV time, though. Yeah. I, I remember cutting on and, and seeing him I mean, the bottom line was Larry, you know, I, I was watching Colby playing an event, and Larry said, hey, you know, you got an exemption in the senior open this year. I'm like, ha, that's a joke. You know, seriously, I ain't played golf in 14 years, man. Oh, it don't matter. You ought to go out there and, you ought to go out there and play. And, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, yeah, all right. Well, you know, I mean, that was about a selfish way of thinking. I, you know, I guess uh, any time you'd ever talk to me about golf, it had been like a competitive kind of mindset sure. thing, you know. So when I first heard about it, I was like, yeah, right, that's, yeah, that's a joke. Well, then, you know, I came home and I thought about it a little bit. And I'm like, you know, Chris, damn, you're thinking selfish, bro. I mean, this ain't about you. You know, you uh, you go, uh, your son get on the bag. Take him to caddy, ask him, see if I go over there and play terrible and I'm going to embarrass Clemson because I haven't played in 14 years. I don't know what they expect or people expect of me. Uh. You know, uh, I'm like, this is a great opportunity for Colby to get inside the ropes, see kind of what it's like. I assume a, a senior open is somewhat like kind of just a regular tour event right? as far as spectators go and atmosphere and oh, you yeah. know let him experience the inside and see if it's something it might be something that may interest him maybe it'll be uh something that gives him a little more drive towards it uh maybe he'll realize well i don't you know, really really care for this life at all uh but he, anyway it was a, a way i felt like i could give him a first-hand look at seeing whether it was something he might be interested in or not that's why Alan and I would like you to get your status back so we can go on that par three trip we were talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. That's amazing, though. I mean, so a lot of people don't reflect. They don't care. They don't think. And so I'm going to tell you, it's, we don't get often to sit down with folks who have walked inside those ropes and, and had that experience, right? Positive, negative, however you want to take it. And so to hear the human side of life is pretty cool, right? The reflection and the realization that the game is so much more. Oh, Man, I, you know, golf's just a game. People make it too much. They make it way too much. It's just a game. Uh, I mean, professional athletes in general have a they have a spotlight. They're in the spotlight. Uh, put on a pedestal, whatever you want to call it. They're just dudes that can play a game well. So what would give you a right to think that you're better than somebody else because all you can do is play a game well? <laughs> I mean, really. I'm, I'm I, with I you. I mean, that's what it is. I love to hear it's, a man say it, You though. know, it's the person that you are. What you do with your life, with your family, for your neighbors, for your friends, who you are as a person is what creates value, not how good you can play a game. So for the guys to not have an appreciation that – they can play a game and make a living, I don't get it. 
Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, my mind don't think that way. I mean. That's why we're here today, though. You know. But the reason I even brought that up about the U.S. Senior Open a couple of years ago was because you told me a story, and you, I'm going to need you to tell it, about the guy who interviewed you. But start way back at the Hooters tour whenever you are getting the same pairings, and you went to the, do you remember that guy? Oh, yeah, I remember Ned. Yeah. Are you talking about his interview, too? Well, you start at the Hooters tour, then tell him about what what you said when you walked in that interview room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, going back to the to the, to the the Open a couple of years, the Senior Open a couple of years ago, I was asked to be interviewed uh, by a guy named Ned Michaels. Fox Sports, right? Fox Sports. Yeah. So I'm like, no way, it ain't possible. Ned Michaels, seriously? Well, years and years back, man, we played the the Hooters tour. I, I, if I recall right, it was maybe two thousand two, three, four, somewhere right in that area. Maybe a couple of years I played. Well, for some reason, I got paired with Ned Michaels every round, <laughs> and this dude was the slowest guy on the face of the earth. Love him to death. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to talk. I'm not talking bad about you, Ned. Right. I'm just saying. You play slow. You slow, home. You know. <laughs> we got to talk about it, dude. 35 uh, seconds I mean, or less. Let's roll, I mean, man. Look, you're 94 yards. You know, do you want to be a little bit below the pole? hole? You don't need to walk 94 <laughs> yards. Go up there and walk 94 yards back here. Take forever and hit. And flare it out there 15 feet from the hole. Seriously, bro? We're already on the clock. Well, people know me me and my style of play. I was one of the slowest walkers on the course. Okay. Well, of course, I'm twice the weight of everybody else. Well, I'm supposed to be slow walking, but when I get there, it don't take long to figure it out. I'm 105, give them a gap wedge, and, you know, let's hit it and roll. Well, Ned was, we're, I'm on the clock every week. The first two rounds, every week I'm on the clock. What am I doing on the clock, dude? I'm the quick, fastest player out here. Well, I'm on the clock, and I mean, talking on the third hole, we're on the clock. <laughs> and I'm like, look, man, let me explain something to you about your computer making, choosing these pairings. That ain't coincidental, man. Statistically speaking, I'd have done more of the lottery twice. There's no way that I'm getting paired with Ned Michaels again. Well, lo and behold, here we go. U.S. Senior Open. I ain't played golf in 14 years. Who does the interview? Friggin' Ned Michaels. Seriously? Anyway, we, you know, we talked and stuff. And, I mean, looking, I mean, it was great getting to see him and everything. I just hated playing golf with him. But he was a good, I mean, he was a good guy. That's hilarious. I remember you walked into the room. What did, you remember what you said to him? You can say it on this. We'll bleep it out. Ain't bass. Boy, this is there ain't no way, friggin' Ned Michaels. How the what the f- are you doing these days? Well, if we're there, can we ask him about R.W. Eeks then? If he ever played with him? Yeah, I don't even know what. Eeks. Yeah, I don't remember R.W. Eeks. You don't? I do. I you do? Yeah, he was an older fellow when I played, Mm-mm. but you I don't remember him. no R.W. Eeks stories. Alan heard one on our podcast. But I remember R.W. Eeks um, on the Pro Series. With Getting kicked off. Our come range. on, Alan. Getting kicked off what? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. You knew R.W. Eeks, huh? Yeah, I knew R.W. Nobody else has ever really heard of him. Yeah, I knew R.W. Yeah. That's all, yeah. Yeah, I played. You I can played tell him about it off. I I Let's not clue it in. This I is a Pulling Weed special, folks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If you listen to all the episodes, you know what we're talking about right now. Right. And I know we didn't get to 
honestly, this could be a three-hour episode. I want to kind of get to farming real quick yeah. before we wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Well, how about this? Why do you have to wrap it up? Why don't I just leave and you keep talking? Because I have to be back in Columbia, too. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, why did we rush up here? Why don't we come back over and do a part two? Yeah, why don't we do this to the bowling alley so I can get some practice in? Oh, yeah, we let's can. do that. We can. <laughs> oh, I, I already told you. And we'll pay for the afternoon. I'm in. Even better. Y'all drink pitchers? Get your roll on. My old lady will drink y'all too to death. <laughs> I knew pitchers were going to be involved in this when there was beer. She'll bury you both. So nowadays, we're fast-forwarding to current days, mm-hmm. and we're here in Fountain Inn on a farm, your mm-hmm. family farm. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the cows. How many? Which I thought you, somebody looked like they had numbered them, mm-hmm. which is what Tim was making fun of me for earlier. Mm-hmm. And when I say numbered, I mean like the one, two, three, four, five slash type thing. But anyway, how many you got for real? Uh, brood mom seventy eight. So, uh, total on the hooves on the dirt about one hundred and twenty five. Dairy, beef, dude. Do them look like dairy cows? I mean, you said you kept no, a couple. They're, they're beef cows. Beef cows. Yeah. So well, how see, many going through? Being year? a farmer, I get a kick out of this, man. Yeah. Every time you watch a Chick Fil A commercial, yeah. What are those? Dairy cows. Dairy cows. Yeah. Yeah, seriously? yeah. No, I get it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Seriously, it's marketing. Every time you see anything on the internet, it, what is it? It's a dairy cow. Yeah. Beef price has gone up, and you show a dairy cow. So <laughs> seriously, dairy cows are black and white only. Yeah. Well, no, no. no. There's about three popular brands of dairy cows. The okay. ones you see on TV are Holsteins. Okay. The black and white the ones, the pretty ones, right? You know, they're the phonogenic cows. But there's a uh, Jerseys and Guernseys are probably your most. There you go. <laughs> Those are probably your most popular dairy cows. The Jerseys, right. Guernseys, and Holsteins, obviously being the most popular. Huh. But I get being a cow farmer, a beef cow farmer, I get a kick when I see. Well, I only see three black ones, so I didn't know if there were more. But that's uh, my yeah, excuse. Yeah, there's a whole bunch more back and there. You also bale hay or sell hay? Bale hay, sell hay, both combo. Yes. Do you have to put chemicals down on your hay to like make it? Do you fertilize your hay to make? Yeah, it? we fertilize. Uh, Pre-fertilization, weed control. Well, any of no, that? you're getting carried away. We are farming here. <laughs> we only afford so much. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't obviously you don't farm. <laughs> Pre-emergent. <laughs> Pre-emergent. You're he talking, knows what it is, at least. Hey, man, he's stuck on a golf course. He, <laughs> right. he, he's got membership budget going on here. A little pre, pre-merge, post-merge, fertilize five times a summer. You know, every six weeks you can put that down. Uh, yeah, if you can afford to. Gotcha. <laughs> but you, so you told me. A dumbass. Post-emergent. You've got 84 acres of farm on your farm? Just right here on this plat. Okay. Uh, I, t- I take care of approximately between pasture land and grassland, or what I cut hay off of, a, about 450 to 500 acres total. Man. Who, who's, who's got the hunting leases? <laughs> uh, buddies. Mm. My dad, my dad's preacher. Nice. And his son and the fellow that helps me on the farm here. I let him go back there. Would they you take volunteers out. to help you with your farming operations? Well, he, we don't have much, man. Ain't no great hunting here. The dude over here beside me is the guy that grows the monsters. No, I just meant to do like the baling of the hay and stuff like that. So oh, my yeah, kids yeah. don't if grow up as ignorant go, as me. Man, I can bring my boys you, out you here for a couple days. It, you can do it, and I'll sit right here and watch you. I used to play that uh, farm simulator game on Xbox oh, a while back. Mm-hmm. I might need to come real life farm simulator. Yeah, real life ain't no joke. Yeah. Well, see, the one thing they don't tell you about farming is what a ass whipping you take. Yeah. I mean, the fields are rough. It might look, oh, he's just out there riding around on the tractor. Well, they don't say nothing about the five hours of sweat and blood and everything, and you trying to get everything ready to run. 
I mean, the peaceful the peaceful part is to go out there and take a ass whipping on the tractor. <laughs> you ever had your cows get out and get away? Oh yeah, all the time. What happened? What do you do? Try to get them get them back up and repair the fence. Yeah, I mean it just horses. They don't care what time of day it is. I can tell you that. You you out there with the lasso on a horse? No, or man, you using a four wheeler? Yeah, using I'm a using truck? I'm using the old p- peds. Oof. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Usually, well, you're gonna end up on your feet at some point at to some get that point, animal back. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean. First thing's to try to find them. Second thing's to figure out where they got out. What's the trick to finding a lost cow? Uh, usually somebody stopping here saying, hey, you know, you got some cows on <laughs> the road down there. Hey, hey, I saw some uh, black yeah. rings out there. Yeah, you know, I got a few cows in the back my backyard back here. You might want to try to come up here and get them up. I'll try to keep them out of the road for you. So everybody's still got landlines around here then for phones. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no. No, no, we're not that back backwards, man. <laughs> you got the internet? No, not here. Really? Well, I mean, I can't on my phone. Yeah, gotcha. So, what's in these buildings over here? Equipment? We don't want to go there. <laughs> That's fine. We're not going in there. I just want to know. Between us, there's a whole bunch of shit in them. <laughs> Sounds like you need us to come over and clean them out one day. Good, please, Tim. Please. What, do you, what do you think about yellow flowers out there in the field? I the, the pre-emergent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's one of them pre-mergent, post-mergent things. That's all I think about it when I keep yeah. driving up. I was like, I yeah, guess yeah. the cow. What he's talking do. about is the lack of. Well, I thought they were pretty. And what? What's it called? What they're milkweed. Milkweed. Yeah. But those are awesome right now because let's get into the butterfly stuff, right? So that's what's going. On. Oh yeah, you. That's you always want some butterflies around here. Exactly. You know? Really? Yeah. yeah, that helps you keep the cow shit in check. Huh? Are you selling mushrooms? <laughs> you funny. I asked him. You already asked him. He goes, never. How about you guys? You could tell y'all been around maintenance crews on the golf courses. <laughs> I, can see our why, I can see why this is a superintendent's type of show. Yeah. Uh, you want to start talking about the weeds? Well, I mean, I, you, yeah. yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not just, you superintendents out there know what I'm talking about. You're not just growing grass on your golf course. That's what the other building's for. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> there's... There's probably you have some one of the type of grass you, going around the golf course. You and Danny yeah. still got the hemp permit together, or is no, he doing it by himself no, now? Dan, Danny's got Danny's got the hemp permit thing. So do they. I, I got a yeah. We we've got a handful of minutes left with a handful you. of minutes. So one thing I want to bring up, I would feel I would feel upset if I was driving home didn't talk about on Wesley Bryan's episode. He was talking about Q School mm-hmm. and how he got paired with Tommy Beershank, and he goes, "You'll never guess who his caddy was." And I said, "Chris Patton." It was during the TV show. That would have Robbie, Robbie Beershank, yeah, not Robbie. Tommy Robbie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Wesley being, or were you so involved in the TV show? No, I had Wesley who Brian, <laughs> and who was he? He's Still. from Columbia. He, he won the Heritage a couple of years ago. Did he play golf? He yeah, was, uh, obviously he played. Golf. Still does. No, I don't have a clue. Who okay, I, I, I'm away from the golf world, man. I don't know. Do y'all have cable here? But do you remember the yeah. TV, the TV show you filmed? Yeah, I what, remember the show. Uh, what show? Robbie Beershank Chase, had a show. It was called Chasing the Dream. Oh, I watched that. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. he was, and they, but I remember when I first met Chris, he's like, yeah, they would, they bring Robbie out here, and Chris had to tell him to make, do some stuff, you know, to make the scenes of mm-hmm. he's working for Chris. Yeah, you, it was TV, let's put it that way. Yeah. It's like me farming for you. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But here's the difference. It's like you post merging. Well, here's what I'll do. 
I'll show up with enough pre-emergent for you to cover this backfield the next okay. time. All right. You can use my pickup truck to go get it if you want to. <laughs> no, I, I, is it the same F-150 or you got a newer one? No, it's, uh, it's the... Uh, I saw, saw you show up in that F-150 at the Tiger Golf Gathering, yeah, and then I yeah. see weeds around it now. I'm wondering why it doesn't work. Well, it works. It was. Uh, I'm kind of holding it for a friend right now. That looks like the F-150 in my driveway. Yeah. Roll-up windows, uh-huh. stick no, shift. It's, no, it's, it's electric windows. Oh, yeah, it, a fancy one. But there, well, the air conditioner only works on like the second knobs. It don't go high. <laughs> you got to keep the windows down for yeah. twelve minutes before yeah. you. Yeah, and, and you can't oh, open right. the driver's door and roll the window up or down. But if you close it, it works. It's a F one fifty. It's a F one fifty. You put an ignition it is, coil in it every it is four months. American pride, yes. <laughs> That's awesome, Chris. Thank you. Yeah. When are we it. doing this again? I don't know, sooner than later. I think we need to come out here and just talk farming so he can belittle us some more. Man, this is so good. <laughs> I'd love to. Because the two of us in our farming knowledge is nothing. No. We'll do more research next time. Well, yeah. all I know is them boys that where we go out in Kansas and when we're hunting in the fall and they just get in the combine and hit a button and then they just smoke cigarettes and read the newspaper and the thing's already GPS ridden and all that. Well, that's what I'm saying. There's actually somebody in the combine yeah really? i think they're getting away from the wife well i was thinking that the, the last time i watched the combines run i saw three go across the field with nobody in it and nobody. a dude sitting there sitting there with the remotes yeah and the only other one is in, in the pickup they truck. still got to have a human to drive the truck if any of them are spitting the stuff out the back from the loader. oh yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. it's you crazy one of those? you well, see one that's those. the bottom line man those are farmers we're gardeners over here God, and I, I mean, thought I was dealing, a gardener. What the hell am I dealing, man? They're doing thousands of acres. We're, you know, a, a few hundred acres here is a garden what, compared to what, what they're doing. What do we do then? We're hobbyists. Golf courses. We're no, like about. you and me at the home. Like uh, I thought I was gardening at the house, but if he's yeah, a gardener, right, right. we're like a hobbyist. Well, I, I don't know what you're doing, but from what I've heard you saying, you're probably not doing real well at it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the episode. Thank you, folks. I was about to do a yard picture for him. Guys, thanks. <laughs> you should show him the yard. Oh, should I show him my yard? Yeah. want to thank y'all for listening to Pulling Weeds, as always. Uh, got some programming notes that we are going to take a little hiatus here during the uh, month of November. The conference comes to you. We're going to be full steam ahead. So, you're going to get a couple... Sp- special bonus episodes in december to kind of take place of what we're not having and then january 1 we're back like the old times on the first and the 15th conference comes to you.org y'all remember early bird registration giveaways cash tomorrow go ahead and do it now thank y'all for listening have a good one Thank you for listening to Pullin' Weeds Off Course. To join the Carolinas GCSA and become a member, visit carolinasgcsa.org or call 1-800-476-4272. Follow us on Twitter at Pullin' underscore Weeds and on Facebook at Pullin' Weeds Podcast. <laughs>